o'clock yesterday, there was this message sent out. Don't know if I'll make it. Who can cover Sunday morning? And I, we just did, uh, Larry sent out a thing to a lot of us about taking your spiritual gifts. And so I took the thing and I was reading about what mine are. And I can't remember exactly, exactly which gift it is, but it said that you're impulsive. And so I was like, I'll do it. And I'm like, why did I say that? I have no idea. Luckily, I was already on the schedule for a couple weeks from now, so I just kind of took the front end of that, and I'll rework that. But really what I want to do today is um, share what God has made me for. Because that's what we're talking about, being made for this. And um, what better way to, to tell what you're made for than to just tell my story. But first I want to read... A scripture here, if I can get my things to work. So the scripture for today is Revelation 2, and I always get scared anytime Revelation comes up. I don't know why. Larry said he loves it, but I always, it always kind of frightens me. But it's Revelation 2, starting in verse 2. It says, I know your deeds and your hard work and your per- per- perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you first had. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstands from this place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. That's pretty heavy. So who who am I? Who, Who did God create? I'll tell you in a minute how this refers to me and who God made me. Years and years ago, not that many, but I was probably in junior high. And it's really cool because I have a junior high um, daughter now. And so I kind of relive and think about what I was doing at that time. But um, I don't have this crazy story about how I came to know Christ. Probably the first Sunday that I was home from the hospital, I was in the nursery at church, and I missed very few Sundays. And that was just, I just grew up. I'm very blessed that on both sides of my family, I have a very strong faith background. And so church was was normal, and that was what we did. And um, I was very involved. And I was heavily involved in youth group. And like from the get-go, we started in seventh grade, I was in. I was all in. And had a wonderful pastor that, that, that really nurtured us and helped us to grow. And so big part of that was going to church camps. And, you know, it, it was really cool because all these other kids and everybody's worshiping. And that was, I grew up in a very, like, traditional church, music, piano, and the organ. But going to these, these church camps was the first time I'd been in, exposed to um, worship music and I was a little bit hesitant I was like I don't know about this this is kind of strange and my hands I don't we don't do that um and we definitely we don't clap I was Southern Baptist we don't clap 
that's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but seventh, between seventh and eighth grade, during one of those worship services, I was just, I was strongly compelled. And every night there was an altar call to, for those that wanted to receive salvation and then those that wanted to dedicate their lives. We, I, I was already a believer, but I, if you feel that God is calling you to dedicate your life to his service, and I, I knew immediately that I was called. There was no doubt. I didn't have to think through it. I knew immediately that God wanted me. He had a plan for me, and that was to serve him. And it made perfect sense for me that that would be through music ministry. Uh, uh, singing has always been, been a, a love of mine. I truly believe that it's... Well, I was told from a little, as a little kid that this is a gift from God. You need to share it with everybody. And so I had done that. I was, I, I, I was always singing. Um, but now, like, I, this is how God wants me to serve him. And so... Um, I went down and prayed and then let everybody, all the youth group know that that was what I was doing. I got home from camp. We had a big night and shared. And I, you know, I, I, went, down, I went down that Sunday morning, actually, in, in front of everybody and said, I've, I've surrendered my life to ministry. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And that, that stuck with me for, for years. I mean, like, that was my plan all through, through school. I didn't have a plan when I graduated what I was actually going to do. But I felt like that God provided it. He, he provided me a full-ride music scholarship. I didn't even want to go to I wasn't sure that I wanted to go to school. I didn't know what my plan was. But I was like, well, okay, there you go. Perfect. I'll get a music degree. Then I'll go to Southwest Seminary. And I will be a music minister. That's, that's the plan for my life. But God also gives us choices. And I don't regret any choice that I made because it, takes me to where I am now, but once I got to college, I number one realized I really like to sing, then I didn't, I, I've only been playing the guitar shortly, so you probably can tell, but then I just loved to sing, and I was, I was in like every music, in every choir, I tried out for all the things, but I really didn't care why and how music worked, which now I kind of wish I had paid attention, but like I, I failed intro to music theory. Like that's, that, they're like, you can't even be in music theory, so you're going to be an intro to theory, and I failed that. I said, okay. So may, maybe I need to rethink this plan. Well, life just kind of takes over. I luckily, I, I didn't graduate, but I did find a beautiful wife while I was at college, so eh, wasn't such a bad trip. <laughs> but that led me down different paths. I started trying to figure out what, what I was going to do, what I wanted, and what made me feel good. Well, that, I wanted so bad to be a police officer. And so I set out on a journey to do that. I didn't get a job. So then I went, my, all through school I was working in, in daycare and I was driving vans, picking up kids, just doing, doing all the, basically all the things I do now. <laughs> but I didn't, I, that was not my career choice at the time. That was just what was giving me a little extra spending money. 
But so I, I kept doing that. I, I started doing that full time because, like, well, I can't be a police officer. I didn't get this job. One day somebody said, Juan, you, uh, I cut Kelly's hair. Kind of weird. And they're like, you should go to cosmetology school. I, I should do that. So I did. And I'm still a licensed cosmetologist in the state of Arkansas. So. <laughs> then that grew kind of weary. Um, if you ever have to try to take care of four, five, six, ten women throughout the day and make them feel pretty, that becomes daunting. <laughs> and it wore me out. And so... <laughs> I was like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but about that time, I got back on the, like, I'm going to go back to, I'm, I want to be a police officer. That's what I'm going to do. So I started really pursuing that. And the Lord provided that time. He actually delivered me from probably a really scary situation because I went, I go, if I can't get hired where I want, I'm going to go to the scariest, most dangerous place because they're always hiring. That's Kelly's hometown of Pine Bluff. And... Sure enough, they were like, yes. I mean, like, this is open doors. It doesn't matter. They, don't, they always have positions. And so I jump in, and I'm, I'm on, on the track doing all my tests and going. And I actually w was leaving um, the doctor's office after receiving my physical. I was like two steps away from getting on the boat and going to the academy. And I got a phone call from a department in my hometown of Arkadelphia that wanted to offer me a job. And I said, well, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm in the process. He said, we'll take care of it. I'll give him a call, and I want you to come. So, so the Lord delivered me, and it, was, it was, ended up being a wonderful experience. But in every step of that, so I, I kind of gave you the background of all the things that I've done, the weird, obscure things that I've done. And I, in all of that, I was very successful. I always found success. But I was never content. I was never happy. Because that was not what God made me for. And it was actually my mother. She was trying to give Kelly some, some advice. Because Kelly didn't know what to do for me. Kelly's my wife, by the way. Anybody that doesn't know. She was trying to help me. She's trying to support me. But she didn't know how. So she's asking my mom. And my mother said, he'll never be happy until he's serving the Lord. Now later those words came back in bitter. We had to remind her that she said those because once we truly submitted, Kelly and I both, to, that we were going to serve the Lord, that was, means it was bringing us up here. And my mother did not enjoy that, but we reminded her, you said I would never be happy until I was truly serving the Lord. So, how does that all get to that scripture in Revelation? Well, again, my wife who, <laughs> she helps me out a lot. I, I feel like, I, I always feel like that she thinks that I'm helping her, but her, she, she does tremendous amounts for me. And I usually find myself once a year in kind of an odd place, trying to figure out, what am I doing? And it usually comes at the end of summer, where at KBN we're transitioning from all of our summer programs into the fall programs. And I don't know why that triggers something, but it, it makes me search and just wonder. I go, oh, God, what am I doing? Am I still supposed to be doing this? Is this what you have for me? Uh, I'm all over the place. Now, all along through that time, I've been 
been up here on most Sunday mornings. And I usually would get like this, like, you, you don't have to be up here. Let somebody else do that. But the thing is, is I, 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 was, I felt drawn to stay up here and give that extra day. And it didn't really feel like work. That was, this is where I was finding joy. And it, like, it didn't make sense. Seven days a week working just didn't make sense. But this was the, the thing that was actually bringing really, really true joy. And so during that time, as I'm trying to, to sort things out, Kelly comes and she, she brings um, the daily devotion that she'd read that day. Normally we would read that, we'd read it together. But for some reason that morning I had to leave early. And so it was later and I came in, I was just sit down at the desk and um, we share an office, which sometimes freaks married people out. But our desks are right across from each other and we look, we look into each other's eyes. But she, she, she said, uh, you need to read this, this morning's um, devotion. And so it used, it used that scripture. And I could paraphrase it, but I think I just want to read it. Because um, it really spoke to me and made me understand that text. Because the church in Ephesus was a good church. They faithfully served God, worked hard persevered, stood against wickedness, and even endured hardships in the name of Jesus without growing weary. Outwardly, they were doing as instructed, but inwardly, they had lost something. They lost the passion and the love that they had had in the beginning. Sure, they were doing the work of the Lord, but they had forgotten why they were serving God in the first place. They were not motivated by love. Many believers are in this trap. They are doing the work of the Lord, but they are not driven by the love that captured them from the beginning. If you view Christian service this way, then you eventually become numb to the reason why you serve God in the first place. Furthermore, you will begin to view your calling as, meaning, as a meaningless chore instead of a privilege inspired by gratitude. You might still do the work, even until death, but the joy will be erased if you keep viewing your service this way. If you have gotten to this point, Jesus calls you to remember where you had fallen. Repent your loss and focus and return to your first love. Once again, stir up the love that you had for Jesus. And so she, I read that. I'd read, I read the scripture that went with it. And it all of a sudden made sense that God had made me to serve him and to serve him in leading worship. And that's why I didn't realize why I got such great joy. It wasn't about me, and I, I struggle with that because I'm a performer by nature. But it wasn't about being up here performing. It was about that I was truly serving and doing what I was made for. But I'd forgotten. I had forgotten. I really was unsure why that I was doing it. So all these things came clear that serving Jesus through music is my first love. And I had it's always been there, but I was, do, I, was, I was numb. I was numb to that. And so once 
once it was revealed to me and I, I truly embraced my first love, then all these things, all these memories came back, all these feelings, all the emotions of when, and, and, and I, I'll equate it to, I mean, think back to when you fell, first fell in love with your significant other. There was all these butterflies and, and you couldn't wait to spend time with them. And every moment that you had, you wanted to be with them. And that's how it was when I first submitted to, to God. But I, was, I, had, I had grown numb to that. And it became, it, the love was not there, it was just action. Going back to my first love and revisiting that, revisiting him, has brought joy back far beyond measure. I think now I'm a little bit annoying to Kelly sometimes because it's all I talk about. And I'm always thinking, like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about this song? Does this sound good? Is this a good key? Is it? It's what's on my mind all the time. And a very good friend and mentor said, if, this is, if it's something that you love and that you are supposed to do, then you should wake up in the morning thinking about it and go to bed thinking about it at night. And that's exactly where I'm at. All right? So... I want you now to think to yourself, have you forgotten your first love? You know, what, what is it that gave that passion? Because at some point, we've all had that feeling. But sometimes it goes away. Now, my, my, my made for this was to serve. And I, I tried to fight against serving in the church for a while. That seems weird, but it's because I... I, I I had everything in a box, and I didn't want it to be in that box. But once I got rid of the box, then, then that's when everything could happen. So what is it that God has called you at some point to do? I really want you to think about that this week. At some point, were you drawn to a service? Maybe not in the church, but that you you know that this is what God's calling is on your life, but you may not be living in that right now. Revisit that. Something that I did that once it all happened, I immediately was drawn back to some old friends and I reconnected with them. Guys that I played, we had a Christian rock band back in high school. And so I, I called one of the guys up and he's, he's now a worship pastor at a big church in Nashville. And I, was, I felt a little bit guilty because really I hadn't spoken to him in like eight, ten years, something like that. But I, I was drawn, like I need, I need to reconnect with this, with these people, you know. And somebody that's that's living and and, they're, and they're, they have that same passion. So I called him, man, and we talked for like an hour and a half, like like it was old times. Um, but in doing that, that rekindled because it took me back to to that time when when the fire was big. So whatever it is that you, might, you think you might need to do, so really ponder and think, think about this this week. Are you really living your best life, as they say now? You're living your best life. And if you are, that means that you're living it truly 100% and serving our Lord and whatever it is that you, that you have been called to. So that was kind of short, but I was also told by, this, by the same wonderful Baptist preacher from the hills of West Virginia, that if you can't be good, be short. And short preachers get invited back. So <laughs> since I'm supposed to come back up here in a couple of weeks, I thought that I'd, I'd just kind of keep it short there. So 
Larry, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Thank you. Hang there for a minute. Everybody give Josh. Josh stepped up to the plate. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Hey, let me, let me pray for us, and I'll pray for you, and I'll give a word. Uh, join me in prayer. Father, we love you. Um, God, you say um, in your scripture in Corinthians that um, when we accept your son, um, that your spirit um, lives within us, that Jesus Christ is within us. And with that, you give us, you make clear your purposes, your gifts, and um, your calling. I thank you for my brother Josh. Um, I thank you that um, you're fanning the flame of what you made him for. I thank you um, that everyone in this room has been made specifically for a purpose and given gifts and are called. Um, and I thank you that I'm standing before a real man of faith who's chasing after you that's just pouring out your heart, his heart for you. And God, I thank you for him just um, lifting up the hood and just letting us see and hear what you've done in his life. Uh, we love you. God bless him. God bless all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys stand with me and we'll close out. Um, I, I, I love the one thing that Josh had said. Um, 